At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, talk. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah, you got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our and we're rolling in there? Uh-huh. All right. And we in the studio, in the studio. <laughs> and we're as far apart as humanly possible? I know. <laughs> when I was asking for the setup, he was like, well, one of y'all could sit in there and the other one could sit in here. I don't really want to do it through no, the glass. glass. That's ridiculous. Glass in the way. Just because he got so long-winded, I didn't have a chance. I was going to run. I actually was going to run some production music underneath us. But maybe we'll go back and do that in the... We can put that in post. In post. Although I did like the idea of having something haunting playing underneath <laughs> us while we were, would pause. <laughs> so what's going on at the house? Uh, as far as our haunting goes? Yes. Now, just quick backstory. Yeah. You did, you were just given for your birthday a ghost adventure tour by a person who had never done it before. I, I was. Yeah. I got the ghostly history of Dallas. So, based on the fact that that guy did not know what he was doing, did you, I think I even said you need to send have a protective spell i think i might have brought something home with me and well, and that's what i told arisha yeah well let me oh, let me right. explain this this uh ghost thing or this uh ghost tour because i don't know if i've ever completely explained this to you in person please do the idea was i think it's the same company that runs the tours out of new orleans and things like that um which are which are quite good um although there's quite a bit of history there but I think it's the same company that does that. So we signed up for this. We got a Groupon for it, which might have been the first tip that something might have been off. And we go and meet them down in the West End, which I'm thinking, okay, the West End, this is an older part of town. Maybe there's some history here. And we meet the guy. And the first thing he's like, he says, he's like, I've never done this before. This is my first night. And I'm thinking, okay, surely there's been some sort of training so we wait for this group to show up. There's about uh, I don't know a dozen of us or so that they all go on this on this tour, and uh, not people I know, but just people that also signed up probably got a group on as well. Of course. And it's Valentine's Day uh, night, so that's right. It was a Valentine's. Yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It was Valentine's Day, although she had bought it previously, but we just cashed it in on Valentine, and. So he's, you know, making those jokes like, oh, you know, it's Valentine's Day, couples out. So everybody's kind of wanting to have a good time, right? It's kind of like, 
this is your night out. Like instead of going to a nice dinner, you're going on a haunted tour of Dallas. You wanted to have a good time. So immediately we start walking and we start walking around the corner. And he's telling us about what's kind of in that part of town. And he starts talking about the Holocaust Museum. And we get a five-minute lecture about the Holocaust. It has nothing to do with Dallas at all. He's just telling us about what happened at the holo- during the Holocaust. In case you people haven't heard. <laughs> In case there is this guy named Hitler. And so we do that we we do that for a while. We turn the corner and we start walking and he starts pointing at this building up in front of us. And he's like, and then then we have the school book depository, which is now we're getting into the meat of the stuff. And he's telling us the history of the school book depository and what happened. And we get up to the corner and he's like showing it to us and he goes, Oh wait. This isn't the school book depository. <laughs> <laughs> we're a block away. We're <laughs> we're at the wrong place. Oh wait, because <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, because we're oh, walking. that's Reunion Arena. <laughs> if you're familiar, there's a school book depository, and then across Houston, across Houston Street, there's a there's another building there that's mm. I think has some sort of offices or something like that. In. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't it. Like he's going to take us around the corner and take us to it, but no, he's pointing at this building. And uh, so he gets there. He's like, oh, we're at the wrong place. So he goes down, and, and then he starts talking about the conspiracy of JFK. And then we go to the JFK memorial that they have set up. And he's telling us about that and how how he was a good man. And then we walk all around, and uh, we get back to the West End. And this this whole thing's supposed to take um, an hour and a half, mind you, or two hours. And this has been half an hour at this point, And we're back to where we started. He's like, what do you all want to do now? <laughs> You guys didn't he throw what other conspiracy? You guys hear about the George Zimmerman conspiracy? <laughs> yeah, well that was, but it was the Trayvon Martin. It was conspiracy. a Trayvon Martin conspiracy. Um, Depending on which side you're on, yeah, I guess. And he was he did not fall down in, into any of the. Uh, it, he he was he was a cool guy. He played like you know college football and uh, I don't I, I don't know what college and he was he was a really cool guy. And uh, so I didn't expect anything crazy out of him. But then we go we go a little bit farther down to West End, kind of where they have the haunted house every year. And he pulls out these homemade dowsing rods, which is the only haunted part of this thing. It, the entire time, he didn't tell us any haunted history of <laughs> Dallas. He told us about two serial killers. One of them, which was uh, uh, Tex from the from the Manson from the Manson family, only because his name was Tex. And then the other one was another guy who called the Button serial killer who was supposedly a taxidermist that killed people and then replaced their eyes with buttons none of which was true i think that's a <laughs> animated movie or something. it was none of none of it was true and then we get down to the west end and he's got these dowsing rods and he's like all right let's summon up some spirits and and nobody's using them correctly and, and he's like going i think that's a yes and we're all kind of saying are there evil spirits here does are there any spirits that want to harm us and he's like I don't know what that means and, and all this stuff. And uh, and then, yeah, and w- when we were done with that is when he started dropping all the conspiracies on us. He dropped the uh, the fake bin Laden body conspiracy, mm. uh, which uh, and he dropped the uh, the SEAL Team 6 conspiracy about their helicopter crashing and how it was that was an inside job. He dropped the Trayvon Martin conspiracy, which was uh, someone took a life insurance policy out on Trayvon Martin after he died and then it was paid off to the family. And so the whole time I'm thinking, when he's talking about Trayvon Martin, I'm thinking he's going to talk about George Zimmerman. Like, George Zimmerman was, like, it was a, it was a setup, and George Zimmerman's a bad guy. But no, this was about how terrible the Trayvon Martin's family was. Wow. And we walked back, and it was an hour long, and he's like, I guess y'all can go home. <laughs> well, see you later. Yeah. It was like an awkward breakup.
That's so strange. Yeah, it was really... And we, we wrote to the company afterwards. We're like, look, he was real nice, but this was the most terrible tour we have ever had in our life. Were other people visibly upset? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, no one no one got outwardly angry with him, but we were all sort of in this weird thing together. We were like, "This is this really happening? Is this really what's supposed to go, go down? Yeah, we participated in a ghost walk in Granbury. Okay, and that's a town with some history. Yeah, and they actually dress in period piece and walk you around the square and through the old neighborhood and probably ten stops and give you what the you know what the uh, local lore is on that place and just that alone was really really cool yeah and then the last place that they take you is a clothing shop almost i want to say vintage but i'm thinking vintage just because i think maybe they have like some western style clothing but you could obviously see a hipster rolling out in it and she's talking about how they had activity in various things, noises. They would come in in the morning and stuff would be moved around or whatever. And that, uh, I guess they had a camera and basically we've got to do something about this. <laughs> Don't you people know what the hell I do for a living? <laughs> Basically, the... You know, they had found all these kids' clothes strewn about. And they showed a picture that this camera had caught. I want to say, maybe, I want to say, it was an old photo booth. Like a... You know, like you put a quarter in yeah. and it pops out the photos like yeah. that. That's what it was. It's a place... Here we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now I'm putting it together in my head. It's it's a place where you go and you can dress up in okay. period costume and they take your picture. It's like I did it in Colorado when like I was little. West, I dressed up like, like Billy West. the Kid, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then shoots it and it's the patina look and that's what it was. And they, you know, were getting on to the people that worked at night because the people that were coming in in the morning were like, hey, you're not putting anything up. And it'd be really random, like what would be pulled down. But mostly it was you know, little girl dresses. Yeah. And um, I guess maybe when they had kind of had enough and they said something in the building or whatever about it, the next day they came in and there was just one dress that was out on the floor and they were pulling the film out of the camera and there's a picture it is. I mean, it's got the hair standing up on my arm yeah. talking about it. I was not expecting this to be part of the ghost tour, but it's like completely, it's a girl and she's sitting there and her, the only thing is her face is like all blurry, but you can even see arms and it was almost like she was sitting, you know, like wow. here I'm putting this dress on, I'm sitting down and yeah, you you can tell. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm a, the same way. That was a hell of a ghost tour. Um, and they're really cool. The Grapevine uh, or Granberry Historical Society does it, and they have a Facebook page, and you can look up when you could go. But yeah, um, that one's worth going on. It sounds like yeah, it was really really nice. And but the interesting thing is, you're walking around downtown Dallas, and you're using coat hangers as dowsing rods. <laughs> yeah, 
asking if there are evil spirits around. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you had not to this point had any activity in the house that you're currently in? No, no, uh, not not at all. And we, um, yeah, we. I, I guess we did not take the proper preparations or something. I'm not going to say it started that night, but uh, yeah, up until... Uh, just a, a few days ago, actually, nothing nothing had been going on at the house, and it's a it's not an old house, but it was built in the '40s, so people have lived there and, and things like that. Um, so we part of my uh, birthday present this year was uh, a, a new Xbox, and part of the setup with that thing is a Kinect, which is a, a camera mm-hmm. rig that can track your motion tracking and and uh, infrared and, and stuff like that. So, I guess it was last weekend. I was sitting on a, on a chair in the, in the in the living room and sort of facing the TV and watching watching TV. And I see the whenever you put your hand up to to mess around with the connect, it'll show you a little hand icon and kind of where your hand is. And I see a hand. I'm just sitting there. I'm reading. You know, I'm reading uh, the iPad or something like that, and, and TV's on. And I'm I'm sitting still, and I see a hand start going all over the screen. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, and I'm like, "What well, was it tripping out? Is it seeing one of the one of the animals or something like that? Or is this it is seeing... a standalone house, not a duplex? Right, it's standalone house. Okay. Um, and I, I'm thinking it's it's seeing something weird, or I'm holding the iPad weird, and, it, and it's seeing something. So I put everything down, and I just sit there completely still because it doesn't see you. Like it's it takes it a minute to to register that you're trying to interact with it anyway. So I'm just sitting there. I'm just watching this hand kind of float all over, and it starts selecting things like pausing the TV and and playing the TV and fast forwarding and stuff like that. Get out! And I'm just thinking, okay, this thing's this thing's wigging out. It's seeing the cat walk around or something like that. Even though the cats were sitting still, but I'm thinking it's it's seeing something in the house that is is causing it to freak out. So uh, it stops doing it after a while, and I I jokingly say to my wife like, hey, there's there's a ghost here. It's trying to it's trying to pause the TV. So fast forward to a couple days ago, and I'm at work. She's at home. It's her day off, and she's telling me I can't use this thing at all because the she she sent me a video of it. Of you just see the hand going all over the screen, and it keeps trying to select things. And she's just trying to watch TV, and it keeps backing out of the TV and trying and selecting other things. I'm like, just turn the thing off before it starts buying something, and you know, wow. like we end up spending a lot of money because right. the thing's like like trying to buy a pay-per-view movie or something like that and it rated it rated a movie and i don't think it's doing any of this intelligently but it's just this thing is going all over the place and so i get home that night and none of it's working it's not really seeing me all that well it doesn't hear me or anything like that so i start going through this setup and in it you can access the camera and see what it's seeing and so it's got a regular camera just you know regular like any any camera on a phone or anything like that it's got a depth perception camera, which the closer you get, the it looks it looks like infrared, but really it just sees how far away you are from the camera, so you can go forward and backward. And it's got an infrared camera, like you would see on a uh, on a handheld camera, where it's like the kind of gray scale, but it's all shot with infrared. Right. And so I'm cycling through these things, trying to figure out what it's seeing that's causing it to to do this stuff. And when I get to the infrared camera, a blotch keeps going past. Like going in the same thing, but it's like walking down the side of the room, and it just keeps doing it back and forth. It'll it'll do it, disappear for a little bit, 
and then come back. And just keeps doing this in the same area. And there's, I'm looking around for bugs. I'm looking around for anything. There's nothing it's picking up. It's just this shadow, basically, on this infrared Im- image that keeps going back and forth along the side of the room. And at that point, I was like, forget it. I, I, I pulled, the, <laughs> pulled the thing down. I was like, I don't want to see it anymore. And we have a, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have the video on me, but we do have a video of, of it doing that. And it's, uh, that was, that, that's the closest thing that I've seen to something paranormal going over mm-hmm. in the house. But it's pretty wild. I mean, that, the, the old version of the Kinect hardware is, you like, people use that in, you know, ghost investigations. You mm-hmm. see that. Because it, it does shoot out this infrared thing and you can see things moving around in it. Um, so... It's it, it has a history of being uh, a device that can pick things up. And I tried to do some EVPs on the phone. Nothing, nothing came up. But um, that was the first time in my life I was like, okay, this is this is a little weird. I never really had that experience. I had that experience one other time at my uh, aunt's house in Virginia. But it was not anything that, that definite. So was the video in real time? You were looking at it in real time? Yeah, or were it's you showing going you. Back? Yeah. Okay. It's showing you what it, what it sees at, in real time. Wow. Yeah. That's spooky. Yeah. So here's the thing. It sounds kind of prankster-ish. Yeah. For right now, well, I I forgot the I forgot the biggest part, actually. <laughs> oh. When I got home that night, she had gone uh she had gone to meet a friend or something like that. So I got home, nobody was nobody was there. And above our TV we have a little tiny shelf that has uh like a little thing of fake flowers and a and a couple of picture frames. And in the middle of it is a little glass stand about, oh, I don't know, four inches tall. And on top of it is a candle. And, I mean, this this sh- it's one of those shelves, like one of those invisible uh, invisible mount shelves that you kind of screw the things into the wall. And it's, you know, maybe three or four inches wide. So it's sitting up above the TV. And when I get home, the candle is has come off the shelf and is sitting balanced on top of the connect sensor like what? It's, it's just sitting sideways on top of it what and there's i'm looking at the shelf itself and there's a little kind of little ring of dust where the where the thing had been sitting and i'm thinking would the cats jump up here or something but the shelf is it, this candle is in the middle of the shelf if a cat had jumped up there it would have knocked everything else off the shelf there's right. no way and i'm and uh so this thing is just balanced right on top of the of the sensor and the the little platform it was on was sitting like wedged perfectly down in between the entertainment center and the wall, just sitting there. It's a glass thing. It would have, I mean, it should have broke, but it's just sitting there. Whoa! And, and I'm like, okay, now that's something. Yeah, and I call my wife and I'm like, did you mess with this candle? Are you are you like trying to scare me? And she's like, no, absolutely. And she was she was freaked out. Okay, whatever she got home. Yeah, well, one. At putting an object directly on the sensor, yeah. Um, putting a light source on the sensor, even yeah. like, hey, here's what you need to be looking for. Yeah, man, that is creepy. Yeah, and uh, I, I can't believe I forgot about that part of it. But <laughs> right. that was that was the part where I was starting to think, okay, I need to see what's going on here. Because at first, I thought it was just a uh, a malfunction. Yeah, just a technical malfunction. Something was something was weird with it, but. Uh, when I saw that, and just just the whole setup, how nothing else on that shelf had been knocked off, um, there were no paw prints or anything up there. Uh, there's no even way for a cat to get up there because it's just the the thin TV. And even and even that, the sensor is sitting on top of the TV in sort of 
the only place it can. If you push it backwards or forward, it's going right. to fall off. Right. And the fact that it had just fallen directly onto it, sensor didn't fall off or anything like that, it's just sitting there. No. Like it had been sat down on top of it. And you could see the dust dustering. One of the best reasons to not clean your house is to know <laughs> yeah. when something is moved by a spirit. Yeah. So yeah, that was that wow. was the thing that, that that freaked me out. So when did this happen? How long ago was this? A couple of days. It would have been. Um, let's see. This is Thursday. It would have been Monday. So this is an active site we're talking about. Yeah. And February fourteenth hadn't even been a month. Since you no. went dousing, no, for the button man. Um, <laughs> now, my question to you is the energy in the house. Uh huh. Besides just being freaked out, do you feel anything different? Not uh, really. I don't. Uh, although we did have a an issue last night where my wife was hearing. I was in the other room, and my wife was trying to go to bed. And we had spent all night reading about uh, true detective stuff, so we were kind of on edge anyway. Right. Um, but she claimed she texted me while I was in the other room, which was weird because I was. She could have just said something. She texted me. She's like, "There's someone at the window." Uh uh-uh. uh. At the window, and I was like, "What are you talking about? What are you hearing?" She's like, "I'm hearing knocking at the window." And I go in there, and like the window she's talking about is the window at the front of our house. And we have bushes there, so. For someone to have been knocking at the window, they would have had to been standing inside the bushes. And uh, I, I went there, I, I peeked out the shades, and I looked out front, and you know there was nothing there. And uh, I, I explained it to her as probably squirrel. You can hear squirrels running on the roof, and I'm like, it's probably a squirrel or something like that. And she went, she went to bed. But right now, I don't, I don't really know. I, I never heard what she heard, so I don't know what exactly it sounded like. And um, but uh, wow. right now, that is that is unexplained. Okay, um, the reason that I asked about the energy thing, um, we lived in a duplex that my buddy owned half of it, and we were all rooming together. The guy who lived next door smoked emphysema, died, and uh, almost, you know, one of those things that you never would have thought about, but... Um, I remember the day quite clear because it was the night of the Batman premiere mm-hmm. and um, my wife was not caught up. So we watched Batman Begins before we were going to the midnight screening and I was standing on the porch. She was sitting on the couch and we had fader lights in the living room and they went from off completely off to on. One of those knobs that you turn. And now, is this one of the ones where when it's all the way off, you have to click it off, or does it just yes turn? Okay. Yes. So there's a physical click whenever you turn it off. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was off. If not, even, I, I, I don't even necessarily want to say that I know that it was clicked all the way off. Okay. I'm just saying it was completely dark. Yeah. And just while we were sitting there, it was almost like one of those things, we were watching the movie, you know, but... While it happens, then she looked at me with the most puzzled look on her face as I'm 10 feet away. And she's like, did you just turn the light on? I'm like, how can I turn the light on? I'm standing outside, you know? Yeah. Um, and we both thought that was weird. That week before, I had, you know, with, with the morning gig, come home in the afternoon to an empty house. 
and we would uh, I would go into the bathroom and I would hear Chris or Marish come home. I felt like I could hear him talking. I'd be excited. Hey, somebody, you know, <laughs> and go outside and, uh, you know, open the door in the hallway. And not only is nobody there, but it's that weird feeling of everybody in the room is talking about you. And then you walk in the room and everybody stops. Yeah. And kind of looks at you. That's the way that it felt. Now, what what were you hearing? Did you hear a door open? Or did no, you, you almost heard... just. Or I want to almost say chatter, but okay. like uh, maybe even the way that it would sound if someone had a TV in another room or two rooms over, or it just noise. You know, just yeah, just uh, ambient background noise of people. You know, shuffling, moving. You know, yeah, it's a. You know, uh, it was a two-bedroom duplex, but nothing huge. But, you know, it sounded like there were people in the kitchen area or in the living room. Or, I mean, I literally just thought it was them. And then it happened the next day. And I noticed it way more that, you know, hey, it feels weird in here. And, you know... I think the night before, you know, the light turned on, um, the alarm going off at 3.30, which is perfect for that time of the morning, the witching hour. Sure. I definitely remember one of those mornings noticing that it did not feel right in the house, that I felt like the best explanation is I felt like I was not alone. And I clearly was not alone, but Chris is in one room and we're in another and I guess I almost felt like I felt like someone was either standing in there or that I just felt presence, I guess. Yeah. The way one of the hardest things to do to do is to describe energy or heaviness, but there was a definite heaviness in the house as a whole. Um, one of those nights we would we would be on the couch watching TV or something and we had the two dogs and they would go crazy at the door to the entryway from the garage, which there's a little kitchenette there, you know, table. And they would, they would go to the door, start to wag, but then haunch down and full on bark. So at, at first they would act like they heard someone there yeah. or something like someone was coming home. Yeah. Like, for instance, Chris, who's working in the evenings anyway, yeah. and hey, hey, Chris is home. But then immediately turned to full on, and we're talking two 80, 90-pound dogs going crazy. Yeah. To the point where we would have to, I would have to go over there and physically pull them away. And with it happening a couple of nights in a row, then you're like... Okay, there's an animal in the garage or something, but when you put everything together, then it's 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 like with your thing where you don't remember something, you know, after the fact. So we had the incident with the lights turning on. We go to the movie. It's great, obviously. <laughs> Highly recommend The Dark Knight if you haven't seen <laughs> it. Seen it yet. <clears throat> you haven't Excuse heard. Excuse me. Right. Uh, there's a tremendous performance by Heath Ledger. So we come home, it's three, whatever, 15. Yeah. And the hallway, bathroom's on the left, 
master bedroom down on the right, other bedroom right there, kind of catty corner. And our bed was right there. We come in. I immediately go to the bathroom. She sits down on the corner of the beds looking at her phone. Excuse me. The one thing that we always do is shut every door to the house because of the dogs. You know, every door to the bedroom, bathroom, all that's shut down. Right. Every time without fail. And the other thing was carpet was just put in in this place and the door drags on the carpet. It's not a, you know, wooden floor door hinge kind of thing. And she's sitting right there, right? We come in. The doors are all closed or whatever. I go to the bathroom, come out. Chris's door is wide open. And I notice it immediately, and it startles me. And she is sitting in the exact same place. I mean, I just went number one, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And she's sitting in the exact same place, and sitting there didn't see the door open, which also kind of creeps me out because you would even think, like, in your periphery, you know, hey. You would notice that door coming open. Notice it moving. And that really bothered both of us because it was one of those things that uh you know so i said something to chris about it the next day he's a beautiful skeptic and he said you know i've noticed some he offhandedly said hey i've noticed some weird things kind of doors be he said there's been doors open when i've come home and i just thought you were slacking yeah but i wondered why like the door to my bedroom was open not yours so, you know how these kind of things are, that time frame, I don't know at what time frame this is. At this point, I'll just say this. The only reason that we knew that the guy that lived on the other side of the wall died was his family showed up. And literally his kid um, who inherited the house, uh, I think a brother, you know, and they were basically there. It was like a wake for a week. Yeah. And they were having a good time with it. You know, they were having a lot of fun. But I don't think anybody besides he and maybe his girl were staying there, actually. But, you know, we'd see him and and that's how we, you know, kind of put two and two together. And then we talked about, you know, talked to him. He was a good kid. And uh, so one morning. I'm laying in bed. And I guess, and she says she can't remember why necessarily. She, I'm sleeping next to the wall or she's on the outside of the bed. She sits up. And as she sits up, I kind of come to, again, when you get up at 3, 3.30 in the morning, as you know, there's a lot of times when you wake up right around your alarm and you're panicked that you overslept. Right. <laughs> it's so bizarre to have to wake up at that time. Um. And so I wasn't really sure what was going on, but she sat up and I I heard what I said to her was, did the bed just make a noise that said, watch out? As soon as those words leave my mouth, again, she's sitting up, knees out, back to me. I'm kind of up on an elbow and she looked down at me. With this like, no, the bed didn't make that noise. And then as that's coming out of her mouth, the computer screen in the room, which is sleeping, comes on. So this blue light comes on. And as the blue light comes on, this sentence of gobbledygook, like, and 
we it comes out of the speakers? No, 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 no. Oh. When we reviewed it, you know, after the fact, she said it was right there, you know, like in front of me. And I was like, I heard it right here. You know, it was like all around kind of sound. It was surround wow. sound. And it was as if, now you think about it. What do we know about what supposedly happens? Energy being used. And that was the thing that really creeped me out was it wasn't like um, we had the television on through the computer or, and so when it came on, audio came out. Yeah. You know, it was closed down. It came on and it was just, you know, blue screen desktop. Somehow, I don't, I don't remember. And this is the funny thing is she was like, you left. <laughs> you left me there. <laughs> Like you got I had, up, I had you to go to work. Up, got up. Oh, <laughs> and I specifically remember going in and telling Ron, uh-huh. "Dude, you have no idea what just happened to me." I remember I was flipping out about it, and they're looking yeah. at me like, "Dude, seriously, will you quit taking acid before you come to work?" <laughs> but I was so blown away by it that we spent that day and the next day, and I don't remember completely freaked f out yeah so i went up (laughs) see the kid mowing the yard and i walked up to him and i was like hey dude i think your dad is haunting our house i don't know how else to say this but i honestly think he is and he had just stopped his lawnmower and he was like that's that's really weird that you say that because i work third shift at night and my girlfriend is always saying that there's weird stuff going on in the house that the pictures on the wall are moved. Uh-huh. And of course, when they moved in, they redecorated, you know, and that pictures on the wall would be tilted at weird angles. And he was like, I just thought she's crazy. And I was like, man, I don't think she's crazy. I really think I, I don't know how else to tell you. And I gave him the whole rundown. But what was really what was really weird about it is the first time I met that guy one time, the dude that lived over there, it was the first night I moved in. Old roommates back together again. We are throwing it down, <laughs> music up, you know. And we hear a knock on the door. And I had only seen this guy in the driveway visiting. <clears throat> and uh, he has a trach. And he was so hardcore, he smoked through his trach. Which is an impressive feat. (laughs) Almost a joke. Yeah, almost a joke. But, you know, he couldn't talk. Unless maybe he had one of those microphones. But what he did was he handed me a note that said, please turn it down. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's the first night I'm there, right? Yeah. A week later, he's dead. And the weird thing is, and maybe this is just me rationalizing it in my head. But we both heard the words, watch out. I just spouted off that you moved and the bed made a noise and it sounded like that. Yeah. Clearly. And I, instead of thinking that that was some creepy entity giving me some kind of a warning, I honestly took it like, okay, maybe he was there and he was watching us or looking at us. And then we started to move and he... Like, his energy was almost like, watch out. Yeah. 
not like to us, but to himself almost. Like move, like, hey, get out of the way or something like that. Yeah. Or like, hey, they're moving. Like, yeah, maybe he was disembodied and, you know, he's hanging around his area and he's looking at us and, you know, two beautiful people sleeping, (laughs) which is creepy, but not as creepy as, you know, some demonic force telling us to watch out. Sure. Um, And then the idea of him trying to talk and not being able to. Right. And I don't. And, and the computer screen coming on as if it was drawing energy. Now, I want to tell you that there was at least two weeks following that, that every morning that I got up was an adventure. In that it always, always felt like something was in there or standing right outside the door or whatever. Yeah. It was... Did you have any more door openings or anything quite as severe as as that? No, because I, th- I and honestly, that seems like such a small thing compared to that. Um, the last thing that I remember was waking up and hearing what sounded like the equivalent of Chris on the other side of the wall in his bedroom, turning his shelf of drawers completely on its side. It was that loud of a bang. Yeah. Like a complete and total boom. And he never heard it. I asked him about it. Marisha was still asleep. Now she would say that that I would leave every morning and that she would get the feeling, you know, when she would come to and realize, you know, usually, hey, he's getting out of bed and he's going or whatever. Yeah. That she felt every morning like she was not alone in there and the idea of her pulling the covers up over her head and being so terrified to pull him away and because thinking something was there and the interesting thing is then it's one of those things that you kind of don't think about then all of a sudden i i kind of thought about it and i was like nothing's happening and not only is nothing happening it feels kind of normal around here turns out chris now his wife was over there we were telling the stories and she was in the bedroom that night rolling up the rosary beads and saying all of the catholic protection hail mary get out of here kind of thing yeah and and it quit that's wild um but it happened and it's i mean it was perfect in that there's a dead guy you know a guy dies and then there's all this crazy activity for, I want to say that it went on for like three weeks, but it very well may have been 10 days. You know, I don't remember yeah. timelines and we weren't writing anything down and we're working morning shows and what have you. <laughs> time, and, time runs together. Oh, my Lord, does it ever. <laughs> but you know, right around sometime right around there, I was at half price. I was picked up a book about the spirit and... Uh, the woman that wrote it, I guess she's the one that they based that Jennifer Love Hewitt show off of. Oh, the Ghost Whisperer show or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And she looked nothing like Jennifer Love Hewitt, <laughs> if you want to know. But uh, she was saying flat. I, I love this when people who have crazy theories or when they don't really care if you believe them, and they don't. They're just like, hey, I'm just going to tell you what happens. Basically, you die, and 
most of the time when you die, it comes as a shock to you. And most people have about a 72-hour window to hang around. And what does everybody do? They go to their funeral. They see the people that are around. And then they go into the light. And she said, the thing is, the longer that you stay, the smaller the light gets and the further away it seems Uh until it's not there anymore. And that some people are afraid to go into the light because they know that it means you're crossing over and something, whatever you believe, I think, really, whatever you Something different is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It it's a it's obviously a change, and so many people are afraid of that. And I thought that was amazing to think that you know. And she was using a, one particular story about a kid who wrapped his car around a tree, eighteen years old, time of his life, and that she drew literally was driving down the street and saw this kid standing out there, and did a U turn, and he uh, had. No idea why he was there. Yeah. Knew he was there, but had no idea why. And was basically the way that she made it come off as that it was like a confused child at that point. That he was so, um, it was instantaneous. And and I thought that, that that puts a lot of that in perspective that if you, you know, if God forbid something happens to one of us tonight driving home. That it would probably be, a, a you know, you would have to have somebody come and tell you, hey. <laughs> this <laughs> or, is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you didn't have the sense of, but if you think about it, what would you do? You would probably go home anyway if you didn't, you know, sit around and watch your body get taken off by an ambulance or whatever. And you'd probably try to communicate with the people that you loved or whatever. I mean, and, you know, what would you do? However much energy you're able to summon, which apparently it's very difficult to make any kind of a wave in our world. Yeah. You know, on this side. And and the mo- and the littlest of things is like a huge, you know, if you think about them screaming at the top of their lungs at you and you barely hear a voice, you know, and yeah. an EVP buried somewhere or a candle moving or, you know, a hand in front of an Xbox <laughs> yeah. connect. Um, and the idea of it, I guess it made the funeral more important to me because I looked at funerals in a different way after that and thinking that you know if that is true that's probably what I would want to do I'd want to see who came to my funeral and want to know how I was remembered I would go and after that you'd you'd feel like okay hopefully yeah I've done what I needed to do yeah hopefully and 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 you would bail um but the idea of getting stuck here makes sense because Even the theories of reincarnation um, are built around the idea of your ascension is based on your behavior in life. And if you didn't do what you thought you needed to do, and then all of a sudden it was over and you would feel like, you know, you had something left, you would want to try to reenter. Or if you 
reached a supreme level of understanding and integrity and that I lived a full life, then you have no, you know, you're comfortable with moving forward. It makes sense. It, it makes sense that one people who are wronged, killed, murdered. Right. Makes more sense why they would, why they would want to stay. And it's certainly, I mean, what is the number one thing that haunts an area? A, a suicide. Yeah. What's the number one thing that, I mean, at least to me, when I was little and in church, that was the kind of the unforgivable sin because you couldn't go back. Right. You can't receive forgiveness for it because you're killing yourself. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, that every place that someone hung themselves or shot themselves is... Jumped off out of a window or something like that. I mean, so many times that seems to be the creepiest place or the place where the most stories evolve and that and that makes sense to me i can understand why that would be the case that sounds like this dude just wanted to enjoy both sides of the duplex for a yeah while. i really honestly i thought he was a pervert because <laughs> just hanging out in your room all you night. know hey i mean we're a young couple you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and I really, you know, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I really... Old guy has hit the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll give you one other one, and then we'll stop. Um, Marisha's old house, they thought that they were the first people that lived in there when they bought it. <clears throat> she was across the alley. She finds out that, no, in fact, there was an older couple who had bought the house originally... And the guy, they lived there like six months, and the dude died. He drank himself to death in the garage. And uh, they were completely weirded out by that fact. Yeah. And uh, they had always, I think she said that they lived there like two or three years before they found that out. They assumed they were the first people. And uh, that... There was always something strange about the garage. Nothing, you know, whatever. Um, we were going on a trip. Buddy and I are in the car. She's going into their house to get something, and we're sitting there in the driveway. And, uh, you know, she has Sasha open the door for her, the garage door. She goes in. And uh, as... Chris and I are sitting there in the car. The garage door starts to come down and go back up and go down and go back up and do all this crazy stuff. And I thought that she had like a garage door opener in her pocket or something. Yeah. No. You know, she didn't have a garage door opener. And those stupid girls, because they're stupid girls, and when you tell them that they shouldn't mess around with a Ouija board or whatever, of course they go and do it. No. No. They had, and have had, I mean, they've lived there, you know, since this kind of became a thing, when they became of age to where this is, you know, for the past six or seven years, they will, they will have something happen regularly for, you know, a couple of months, and then it goes away, and they'll think that it's over. Well, again, with the creepy old man thing... um. One of them, I can't remember which. I think it was Sasha was in the shower. And, you know, they're best buds 
24-7. And she saw somebody, you know, she Kelsey's out there on the bed, you know. She's in the shower glass door, but the door to the bathroom's open. Yeah. And uh, she could see, she sees out of the corner of her eye, her sitting on the edge of the bed or what she perceives through the, you know, whatever frosted glass. And she opens it. And not only is there nobody there, but there's an imprint in their, you know, down comforter duvet of an ass and a handprint like fingers spread back like someone like was sitting back. on yeah. the bed leaning back on one arm. And of all the things that have happened to him, which I'm talking, I'm talking about going into the garage and a wine bottle flying off of a shelf. That's intense in the dark, but you know, like, yeah. Hey, there's nothing in the garage, <laughs> but it was always about the garage. And I'm, I'm assuming that if you're a person and you've, you know, given yourself to alcoholism to the point of death. Wine bottle. Exactly. Wow. I, I didn't know all that. That's that's crazy. Yeah, the Ouija board thing, after after we had our little experience and after the candle and the and the video and, and all that stuff, and I tried to do an EVP, my wife suggested get a Ouija board, and I said, nope, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I know it's like, you know, you go to the store and it's in the toy section and it's, you know, made by Hasbro or whatever. But it's, just, I mean, it's not, I don't even think it's the piece of plastic, really. It's just the fact that you're taking this extra step and there's something physical here. Yeah, I've heard it described as imagine being in complete and total darkness, wandering in complete and total darkness, and then you see a bright light in the distance. Yeah. That that is what it's the equivalent to of anything in the area. Yeah. Um, and honestly, a lot of people think that just by discussing this, seeking out podcasts on this very topic, watching television shows. You're opening yourself up. Or that you're at least in that you're showing interest that you're, you know. Yeah. Because apparently, uh, full-blown, uh, are they mediums that can see? Uh-huh. You know, young mediums, kids, that go from being in that weird area of, hey, realizing that they're seeing things that maybe not are, are not there. The What most people tell them is, don't acknowledge anybody. Yeah. Because as soon as they know that you can see them, they won't leave you alone because they're like, hey, I need help. I need help. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. And that, that's the most terrifying thing is that, that uh, hey, I hung around here too long and the light's gone and I don't know how to go. Yeah. And now and now you've got somebody there that can. Yeah. Hey, whoa. Uh, yeah. Imagine. Imagine if you'd been, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And I can't even imagine anything that would be worse. I, I really honestly, if you put together the archaic concepts of hell and take away pitchforks and fire, the absence, you know, the darkness. Yeah. That I mean, it, again, it makes sense to me. It's really crazy that these mythologies and religion and things that we're told about the afterlife, um, the, the, the parallels are there. Yeah. 
it's happening, folks. <laughs> and Zach Baggins is a big reason. <laughs> He's bringing it all into the world. I I really we we went to Virginia City and we went out to that cemetery and we did EVPs with the little handheld radio recorder. Yeah. And we went back to listen to it and you can hear the wind pretty heavy. It was real windy out there. I mean, you're on the side of a mountain, you know. But I couldn't go any further. I was like, first, I don't want to know if they're, what do I really want to know? What do do I really want to hear? I don't. I felt the same way listening back to those things. There was half of me that was like, did I get anything? And then there's the other half half of me is like, what am I going to do if if I did get something, you know? Yeah. If when I said, are you trying to hurt us, it said yes or something like that. Like, what am I going to do at that point? Buttons. <laughs> the, button, the button man has followed us. It's creepy. So everyone log on to Groupon. <laughs> you don't log on to Groupon. I, know I would have thought I would have thought we at least gone to the Adolphus or something like that. Like, that's the only thing I can think of in downtown Dallas. Yeah, I don't even think the Adolphus is haunted. That night that we went, and yeah. we went specifically for that reason, we got to stay there. Yeah. And but that's at least a legend. Yeah, yeah. The, um, it's an amazing place. It's an amazing place. Sure. But I really didn't. I didn't get that vibe. Now New Orleans, which I was actually looking at pictures yesterday of uh, just old pictures. You know, when you have pictures now, it's such a weird thing because everything's digital, like physical pictures. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're looking at pictures from like ten years ago and from Walgreens, and the negatives are in there, <laughs> yeah. man. The negatives. Yeah. Um, we went to New Orleans to go to Anne Rice's Halloween party in 97 and 98. And we stayed in the Garden District in a carriage house behind a big, big palatial, you know, southern mansion. Uh, She lived like a block away from Anne Rice, this lady. And uh, the carriage house was nice. Um... The bottom floor was all like a kitchen. There was a big room. There's like a pull-out bed, you know, couch, whatever. And then upstairs was just a like a master suite. And me and my buddy were going down there. And we're meeting a guy and his girl driving in from Austin. And we got there before they did. And they were supposed to get there that night. And we heard them that night. And, and the woman came in the next morning. She brought us breakfast in this nice little basket so quaint <laughs> and we we're like what time did peter get home <laughs> get here she's like he didn't come in and i mean that night rex and i woke up and looked at each other and we we're like i guess peter's here i mean we could hear him walking around you know hey two people just got here there's kind of a drag of furniture here or there like yeah know, the sounds of two people coming into a house and we looked at each other we we're like oh he's here yeah go back to sleep no they didn't come in and she grinned really, really weird. And she was like, there's a lot of things um, in this town that are like that. And, of course, then it's hitting you like, oh, I've been reading about how haunted New Orleans yeah. is. And I'm that, just out of high just, school. And it's really, yeah, it's really novel fun. And then she was like, you'll notice that the, the top floor of the house, there's a window overlooking the garden. It's a little circle window, but uh, it has two shutters on it as well. And uh, that's always closed. And she was like, she was like, watch that window. And not kidding. 
three o'clock the next afternoon and that even in October, you know, New Orleans is sultry outside, you yeah. know, it's sticky and, you know, and the garden district is so beautiful and every, you know, the smells, it's, God, it's a great place. And just almost like you could see the haze in the air. And I looked up and those shutters were wide open and that little porthole window was open. She was like, I hadn't been up there in two years. Like that's the last time that went. Wow. Is that an ender? I think so. This is good. Spooky scary. This was fun. Yeah, spooky <laughs> scary. Werewolf bar mitzvah and stuff. Hey, there's Hitler. <laughs> Bringing it all back around. Yes. Remember the Holocaust. Uh, we would like to thank the Salem Radio Network, the network devoted to getting rid of witches, witchcraft, <laughs> paranormal activity, and the like for letting us use their palatial palace for this podcast. A beautiful studio. All right. Do we want to do anything else? I mean, we could edit it back. Do you want to say, hey, I'm Matt. Hey, I'm Clint. Oh, goodbye. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. They say I'm different because I'm a piece of sugar cake. Sweet to the core, that's right. I got a real bone. My great-grandma didn't like a fox. Now, instead she spit, it's nothing boogie tram on drain. Spit on. They say I'm different cause I eat chitlins. And I can't help it, I was born and raised on a mass rider every morning. Have to stop the hogs and they be getting off humping the jolly hogs. The baby king and Jimmy Lee rock on that. And that's why they say I'm different. And that's why they say I'm strange. I'm talking about Big Mama Pump. Talk about it, talk about it. Talking about Lightning Hopkins.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.